0: Daniel, I'm out of bug powder. Daniel, where are you? Daniel, Andre, cheerleader, so-and-so. What's-her-face? The ugly one? Good luck with that reference, Gen Z. Where'd those fuckers go? Anybody here? They must have run off somewhere. Damn it, I need a hit of bug powder and I need it bad yes i'll just have to get it myself let's see i know it's around here somewhere oh i think i see it yeah that's it jackpot baby <laughs> why they put it up so high on that bookshelf oh, i'm daniel i'm gonna put the bug powder up nice and high on this bookshelf so clock nova can't get to it <laughs> okay clocky boy you got this you can do this Yeah. Come on. This way, halfway there. Living on air for bug powder. Oh, that didn't go quite as I planned, but all's well, it ends well. Oh yeah, baby. What's that sound? You guys back? Oh fuck those chumps. What are they doing here? Mm. I gotta lure them away. Can't have them destroying our store. At least not any more than they already have. Mm. Hey, Brother Methuselah, I need your help with
1: something. What What is it? What's going on? Oh, the
2: horrible bug thing again. It creeps me out. Within the depths of the strip mall of the damned lies a decrepit video store long since shuttered. Past the dusty shelves, empty safe for spiders spinning their patient webs. Beyond the ancient bat-wing doors guarding the sepulcher where once were hidden the perverse and heretical, a secret society assembles to scrutinize those films which are rumored to drive viewers to madness and dissolution. Draw closer, dear listener, let your trembling ears sup upon the eldritch knowledge of the Cinemania Society. We gather least... of the presence the of home to convene the offering of cinema and the world's seen What we have found has worked as a welcome. Let us draw this judgment.
3: The story so far. Theorizing that one can travel in time using random holes in reality that conveniently pop up now and then, the Society stepped through a time hole and vanished, only to continue bickering about tonight's movie in a selection of random locations through history. The Cinemania Society decided to examine the 1981 film Time Bandits directed by Terry Gilliam, inspired by the discovery of a discarded map of temporal holes in the fabric of the universe that had been left lying around. Unfortunately, the map wasn't the only thing lurking in the depths of the Video Store of the Damned, and an unspeakable horde of cannibalistic humanoid underground mutant people, or CHUMPs, has escaped from the hazardous materials room. The only option was to fly somewhere, or should I say, some-when else but on with the film. Average 1980s schoolboy Kevin is obsessed with interesting and violent people from history, and is bemused to discover an angry medieval knight appear in his bedroom. Soon, followed by a motley collection of thieves travelling through history chrono-robbers, you might say, Kevin begins an adventure through time and space pursued by the disembodied glowing head of the supreme being. After robbing the violent and drunk Napoleon Bonaparte and then travelling to the Middle Ages, the bandits are introduced to the interesting wealth redistribution and social equity ideas of Robin Hood. The Cinemania Society were about to have a reasonable and well-considered debate on the matter when the chump horde returned, forcing them to flee through time again. We rejoin our cunning cult somewhere in the dark ages in a hut in the rain it's probably a tuesday
4: so we're stuck
2: here
5: <sighs> looks like
2: at least until another time hole opens we've got a while so how about getting back to the conclave at hand
1: uh, uh, let's
6: rock uh, there's
2: stones
6: uh, i'm quat. quiet you oh
2: Repositor Andrei, we're so glad you're finally back from outer space. Why don't you jump in there and take us away with part two?
6: Yeah,
4: I got it. Um let me see. You had to come in the door with a sad look on your face.
6: Oh, God. (sighs) After the crisis of Randall's non-leadership leaves them penniless once more, the time bandits start to fight over the map. Management strategy isn't really Randall's thing, you see, so it's best to get used to all the bickering and backbiting. However, the gang aren't quite as alone as they thought they are being watched. During this fight, we are introduced to the Evil One in his fortress prison with his trash minions. They are watching the whole escapade in Evil's magical viewing pool. It seems that Evil hasn't got anything better to do than watch what is going on in the world and provide a snarky commentary. He really is the first YouTuber. However, they see the map, and the evil one comes up with a plan. Using mind control to speak through the mentally weakest of the bandits, he tricks the time bandits into seeking out the Fortress of Darkness so they can steal the most fabulous
4: object in the world. Uh, It's really funny that they make fun of Og being the mentally weakest, the guy who's the stand-in for Graham Chapman, because Graham Chapman originally studied to be a doctor. Oh, <laughs> just like John Cleese originally studied to be an attorney or whatever the fuck you call them in America. The prequel. Let's uh,
1: let's take a moment, though, to recognize the arrival in this film of David Warner. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my yes. favorite. Here he actor. Is he's monologuing he's chewing up the scenery he's choking it down he is owning every scene he's in and from this moment on every time david warners on screen it is an absolute delight oh yeah no comrade
7: andre has got it totally right he this is like uh-huh. the first react video which
5: spawned all the evil that is react videos bro like, his evil lives
7: on
6: his evil react does garden. live on
5: so is this uh, for David Warner? Is this pre-Tron or post-Tron? This is pre-Tron. pre-tron. Yeah. Pre-tron. Oh, yeah. So I think. Few years. You think this spawned his whole conversation with Master Control later on? Well, maybe it did. But as they say, past is prologue. Oh, <laughs> I don't care. I'm gonna. I don't care what we call it—a rock or stone—I'm gonna throw it at you.
4: Uh, he is my favorite villain actor of all time, and sadly, he just he just left us. He just left us. Um, yeah, uh, but Verifier Andy did a quite lovely profile in Cinemania on him. Uh, if you don't mind me plugging our show in the show, <laughs> you can listen. He lived it a good here. evil life. <laughs> he was the best goddamn villain. He does.
7: Uh,
5: for me, it's like a toss up between him and Jason Isaacs. But yeah, I hear you. For me, I really loved his performance in this because he does evil. But at the same time, he switches to comedy so quickly and effortlessly. You know, he like at one moment, he's monologuing the next moment. He's shooting somebody and then he goes right into good question.
1: That's
2: one of my favorite evil. parts, actually, <laughs> yes. when he says, good question, right after he's incinerated his uh, minion.
6: Subordinate, <laughs> yeah. I, but if he is so powerful, why is the evil one stuck there? Good question. In fact, one of the minions mentions this to Evil mid-rant. He was in prison there because, unlike the creator, he prefers technology to butterflies and nipples on men. Evil thinks that creation is disorganized and, frankly, needs better management. Evil management. Once the evil one is free, he will create the universe afresh, starting with lasers, day one. No messing about. Oh, and even though it was a good question, he still explodes the minion to applause from all the others. (laughs) Gotta keep up appearances and all that. I mean, as a villain, no notes. (laughs) (laughs)
4: he He, mentioned that he is referred to in the script as evil genius yeah i mean he's he's both evil and petty which is (laughs) a thing
1: he's very evil but he's also petty enough that he's not going to let a little thing slide he's going to punish that but is he as petty as darth vader because darth vader is a petty little bitch
5: (laughs) he's more so honestly and i i do love how david warner just like he keeps the comedy and the bits going while still being evil i mean as a kid he still terrified me but you know him just like blowing up the guy and then just gone good question just (laughs) still made me
1: laugh (laughs) it's like he does the big galactic global evil but also he's willing to do the little evil on the small scale he's (laughs) all the levels of the evil Never oak- overlook the little people in your life. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You've got to squish the ants before you squish the elephants. Exactly. <laughs>
6: exactly. You know, mm-hmm. That's a sign of respect. Evil isn't the only one paying attention, though. The supreme being once more manifests to demand the map, and this time he does try to warn them about the danger that they are in. The Time Bandits quite reasonably elect to flee at this point to the nearest time hole, but there are two of them side by side. Kevin picks one at random and dives in, but apparently he chose poorly from Randall's reaction. (laughs) From this point, Kevin and the Time Bandits have been separated. Kevin lands somewhere in mythological Greece on top of a masked fighter. Poor devil's about to be killed by a bull man. Or is it a man wearing a... Well, head, it's not quite clear, but myths are like that, aren't they? That guy gets distracted by Kevin's sudden arrival and loses the fight to the masked fighter, who turns out to be King Agamemnon, which is a surprise, played by none other than Sean fucking Connery, which is an even bigger surprise. The king believes Kevin came from the gods since he fell out of the sky, but he isn't too put off by it this sort of thing happens all the time in mythological Greece. He did just fight a guy with a bull's head, after all. Kevin's decision to sit next to a now headless corpse and wait there for the time bandits crumbles after 30 seconds, and he promptly joins the king as he returns to his city. There Sean Connery impresses the populace by throwing the giant bull's head at them. Now that's how you get the people on your side, tax cuts and land reform be damned.
5: I'm going um, to tax you the same, but here, have this head of a man. Dude, a could poor. you imagine if, like, I'm Biden sort of.
7: whipped that out at, like, the next presidential debate? <laughs> Just like,
1: <laughs> dunk, 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 <laughs> head of my enemy on the floor. <laughs> uh, it, my opponent yeah. makes some excellent points, but I'd like to propose this in a,
4: Here's your fucking bull hat. Um, you know, it's funny in the script is they actually referenced him in, in the first draft of the script where they have him remove his helmet and revealing Sean Connery or another actor of equal but cheaper stature. And yeah. thankfully, <laughs> this was a period in, in Sean Connery's career when he was in a bit of a dip and he was doing movies like Zardoz. And well, what, the other one he went on to right after this was Outland. He was This was a, what he did yeah, immediately he before lo- Outland. He was
1: looking for as far from James Bond as possible. He wanted new projects that would move the public's appreciation of him away from James Bond. So he was he was looking for this kind of thing.
4: Well, Are the Zardoz other, did that. <laughs> One of the other really funny things, though, is, is that when he did this picture um, and they brought in the kid who played Kevin, whose name I can't remember, that kid was utterly astonished. It was just like totally too frozen to speak because, you know, Sean Connery was such a big deal. And so Sean Connery, like, like they were about to get behind schedule and Connery, who was like aware that he was only on this show for a week at most, you know, was like, look, I have an idea. We should uh, shoot all of my scenes first and then we turn around and we shoot the kids scenes so he doesn't have to look at me. And so they, that's how they did it. It's like that you'll see the, that the kid does not wow. appear in very much stuff with Connery because he was too just like starstruck to perform. <laughs> Yeah, he was just
1: like, look, just shit the kid down over there. The kid can shit over there where the kid is shitting. I'll act over here while the kid's (laughs) shitting down. The kid can be shitting in the corner. You just leave him shitting there for a while. He can be shitting, and I'll do my acting part. I'm the man now, dog. Uh, get over there, right that was a lot of, of money,
7: shit just it. to get to one gang. Well.
1: Uh, this is peak this is peak Sean Connery. This is absolutely him at his physical and acting best. He is uh he looks the part. You believe that this guy is Agamemnon completely from the beginning. Oh yeah. I guess. I mean it's hard not to believe that he's Sean Connery, but
4: he certainly looks the part. Well, that's that was the that was the joke, though, I think, was because he's there. But yet he's still somehow totally believable as Agamemnon, even though everybody knows. I am
1: Agamemnon, the husband of Clytemnestra. (laughs) (sighs) Just back from the Trojan wash. Uh, guys? Silence. We're having a conclave. Uh, it's just, we have a problem. What now? It's the chumps. They're here.
2: Panic! Crap. Help me roll these dumb rocks out of the way. There's a time hole here somewhere.
4: Actually, when they roll, they are stones. (laughs) (laughs) Call that humor.
2: Not the time.
7: Oh, sweet. We're in the future.
5: The distant future.
2: Are you about to say we're in-
5: In space. Oh man, I just left this place.
2: Let me see if I can pull up anything on this computer. At least I think that's what it is. I might be filling up a rectangular alien with a screen for all I know.
1: Just try to be gentle and go easy on the space bar.
2: Here we go. This is Unstable Terence says, used hologramarian.
1: So, uh,
7: actually, I think that's pronounced Terence. Oh
5: no, look, guys, look, 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 they have a copy of Waterworld in 3D. Oh, I don't have this one. Truly a
1: grim and nightmarish future.
6: After all that, I need a snack. Is that chest freezer working?
1: Wait, are you seeing what I'm seeing in there? Good Lord, it's it's
2: it's hideous. So wrinkly. Uh,
1: Free! Free at last! I've been trapped in that freezer for centuries. Oh, bloody hell, it's you lot.
4: Let's get on with the conclave.
1: Free! Free at last! I'm free! Oh, glorious day! Oh shit,
5: he's loose!
6: Ugh. God, uh, the smell. A typical day in the city, apparently, ancient Crete, ensues with Sean Connery showing Kevin the local sights and lots of Polaroid photos of the locals. Naturally, Kevin wants to know all about those various ways of killing an enemy he read all about in his books on Greek warfare, but wise King Sean tries to show him that there's more to life, instead impressing him with a game of ancient Greek three-card Monty. Which goes to Uh, show that the grift is older than time yeah kevin is treated to a new tunic and a banquet where the king declares kevin as his new son and heir to the throne think about that for a moment mighty king kevin warlord of the mediterranean it has a ring to it i wonder how his wife feels about this since according to myth king agamemnon had earlier sacrificed their only daughter to a sea monster One glance from the Queen answers that question. She has opinions on the matter. During the banquet, masked dancers entertain the King with a magic trick, but Kevin recognizes them as the Time Bandits. Using Kevin as their unwilling volunteer, they make themselves disappear straight into a time hole. Everyone just claps and laughs until the gradual realization comes that this isn't a trick, and Kevin is gone. John Connery must have thought the god boy Kevin returned to the heavens from whence he came. But, to be fair, this is probably good for his marriage.
1: Yeah, probably.
7: (laughs) Well, I mean, think about it. You've got a lovely, capable, intelligent daughter. Your husband sacrifices her to a sea monster and replaces her with this sniveling British kid. I mean,
1: like... (laughs) I mean, not yeah, a imagine, good <laughs> trade-off yeah, imagine your Queen Clytemnestra King Agamemnon comes in and just says to you, where my daughter used to shit, this young boy is going to shit and he's going to be shitting there next to me and you're going to look on while he's shitting there next to me shitting away, where my daughter used to shit, and that's going to be fine <laughs> well. well this
4: this probably explains why uh, the, the Minoan civilization collapsed yeah um, no. Replaced by King Kevin. No, just obsession with child (laughs) shitting.
5: I was going to say small boys falling from the sky is no way to establish it's, a proper it's, it's
1: one of those beautiful things about Monty Python movies, that, uh, well, not Monty Python. It's one of those beautiful things about Terry Gilliam movies. He knows enough about history to put these little details in, like the Queen being brutally obsessed with being angry at Agamemnon without needing to say it. And if you know enough about the history between those two, then you know there's a reason for it. But it's there if you want to dig in, if you want to get into it. But they don't make it immediately obvious.
4: I find it really funny, though, that nobody remarks on the goddamn Polaroid camera and these magical paintings that appear from the Polaroid camera yeah, of this stuff. About Everybody it. sees him taking pictures. Nobody gives a fuck.
2: <laughs> don't worry
5: about it. Don't mm. worry about it. The king just cut off a dude's head and threw it at him. They yeah. ain't saying shit
1: to him. <laughs> My new son is there making pictures of people. He's just shitting there making pictures. He shits there and he okay, shits. Okay, we get people. the joke.
7: <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's time Stat. to get. Away. it's.
6: <laughs> it's...
5: <laughs> womp and womp. I'm impressed. Andy actually got Ethan over his thing about poo
6: jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. To get away from it all and actually start enjoying the opportunities offered by the map. What could be more enjoyable than a luxury cruise? The time bandits land on the Titanic, interrupting Pansy and Vincent's romantic interlude once again. Interlude throughout history, inter obscenity. Uh, <laughs> throughout history, these two just get all the luck. With their stolen Greek treasure, the time bandits are living large with three-piece suits and caviar. But sadly, we know how this story ends.
7: Never yeah. let go, with- Kevin. <laughs>
4: <laughs> with Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and Kate Winslet hanging on a door,
6: Drew, which Drew. was
5: large enough for both of them. I will yeah. just point
4: out. Uh, let's mm-hmm. not get into the whole door
6: thing. Even James Kevin. Cameron pouts after being taken away from Greek God princehood but then Randall tells Kevin about the most fabulous object in the world that the time bandits desire he found the route on the map where is this fabulous object the fortress of Tonight. so it, it uh, it's
7: actually it's pronounced world not world
6: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, hey, Daniel, you want to take a quick uh, trip to, to Altair 4? I'm sure that the airlocks are perfectly sealed. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin pouts after being taken away from Greek god Princehood, but then Randall tells Kevin about the most fabulous object in the universe that the Time Bandits desire. He found the route on the map. Where is this fabulous object? The Fortress of Darkness, of course, in the Time of Legends. Kevin is about to explain why this is a colossally bad idea when the inevitable happens and the Titanic starts to sink. Money isn't everything, Kevin cries as they tread water, but the Time Bandits are sucked into a magical whirlpool in the ocean caused by the Evil One and resurface in the Time of Legends anyway.
1: Oh my god, when the Titanic was shinking, the band was just shitting there, playing along.
6: <laughs> I am going to shit myself, fuck!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, snakes and Folderall, I think there's got something coming through the airlock. Oh, shut up, you miserable wrinkle sack. But, but it's the- Quiet, you. It's the space jumps. Oh wait, you mean the space cannibalistic humanoid this underground? This way,
2: we've got to get out of here.
4: But but lasers, space. Move it. Oh. All right, where have we landed? I landed on a bunyan. You're all bunion. You're nothing but a bunion at this point.
2: Oh, I have so many conditions. I'm
4: about to give you more.
2: Well, the map says we're in China, around 225 B.C.
4: Can you be more specific?
2: It's a Wednesday.
1: Wait, does that mean the thing they're building outside is the Great Wall?
2: Well, it will be one day. Right now, it's the... Um, the
4: not-great-yet-but-we-have-big-plans-wall-of-china. What is this place, anyway?
2: Look at that sign. It says, Secondhand Calligraphic Scroll Shop. We can hide out here. How do you know
1: it says that? You're making it up. Listen, I'll have you know. I'll have you know. It, as
5: you're, in, you're
4: a that. linguist. You're a linguist. You can read I ancient Chinese in graph style. Are you kidding me?
5: I've been in school for years. to could Oh no, she pronounced
4: it correctly this time.
2: Indiana Jones? That episode of the Cinemania Society featured Daniel Scribner, Andy Slack, Andrea Palladino. Zachariah Burks, Andre Luke Martinez, and Ethan Ireland. Introducing Hope Bravo. Written by Andrea Palladino and Andy Slack. Produced, mixed, and mastered by Ethan Ireland. Graphic design by Andy Slack. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Visit our website at theCinemaniaSociety.podbean.com and check out our social media feeds we're on twitter at tcs underscore cinemania if you liked what you heard please rate and review wherever you found us mention us on social media or find us on ko-fi to throw us a few bones we love to make fun stuff for folks but it isn't free anything and everything helps coming soon the cinemania society will be creating pieces of video media short films and the like. So stay tuned, Cinemaniacs. The Cinemania Society is a production of the Cinemania Society, LLC.
0: I think my plan worked very well. (laughs) The specifics aren't important, but what matters is it's all someone else's problem. (laughs) Now that deserves a reward for a job well done. Maybe a little, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, touch me. Hello. Welcome to the Laughing Tome. Wait. Uh, hey,
2: no, 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 no. What are you doing here?
0: Murder! I told you
2: never to use the then front after door.
1: me. I need That's protection. Only for people. Protection? Where, where are those hell books?
0: What are you doing
1: out here? The printer's uh, in the back.
0: This is the children's uh, section. Uh, uh, are you even allowed in children?
1: In the light of the moon? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what the hell? What are those? And why are they in my store? Ah! What the hell are these things?
5: No, that's my freezer.
2: God
0: damn. These are. First he uses up all my toner, then he brings this lot into my store,
2: now he's in my freezer!